Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today we have Christine Kane on the show. And she's talking to us, basically, about not being afraid to take your promised land. One of my very favorite passages in Scripture is when Joshua and Caleb and the other spies are sent to the land and basically they come back and Joshua and Caleb's like yeah we can take it and the other spies are like no we can't we're like grasshoppers and and so basically Christine's talking to us about perspective and how it's important to see yourself as God sees you and how to believe that God can yes we can't do these things without God but God is inside of us so we can do all things and she talks about that today and it's so powerful here's Christine so now they departed and they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land so they went in Moses sent them in and they came back with clusters of grapes, clusters of the blessing and the provision and the promise of God, and they're holding it, and they're showing everyone tangible evidence of the blessing, the prosperity, the provision, and the favor of God in the promised land. They're holding it. And the Bible goes on to say, Then they told him and they said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. How often do so many of us hear a word and go and apply that word and we see the promise of God and we're like, here it is. Here's the promise. Here it is. Yes, it can happen. The people that did the feasibility study for A21, yep, here it is. Hundreds of thousands of victims in this part of the world, they, they exist. The promise is there. We're holding it. So many times when it comes to the blessing of God, the breakthrough of God, we hold this promise and we're like, here is the evidence of the tangible blessing and promise of God in the future. And then this is where most of us blow it. The very next word. The Bible goes on and it says, nevertheless. Everyone say, Nevertheless. More destinies have been aborted in the realm of nevertheless than anything else. Because at the moment of nevertheless, you've taken your eyes off the promise and onto the obstacles, hurdles, and giants. Right at that moment, that's the end of destiny. Got nothing to do with gift, nothing to do with talent, nothing to do with anointing, nothing to do with being chosen, nothing to do with favor, and everything to do with perspective. And the older I get in the Lord, the more I recognize that most people walk out of their destiny based on what they're looking at than anything else in Christianity. They're a lot more gifted than me, a lot more talented than me, a lot more eloquent than me. The only difference between me and them is I kept my eye on this rather than that. Now, both of these, all 12 men, all 12 men walked exactly the same path. All 12 men experienced exactly the same view, but they saw two different things. That's how you can have a whole bunch of people in the same church, listening to the same sermons, exposed to the same teaching, under the same anointing, having access to the same resources, sitting in the same place week in and week out, and they end up seeing two totally different things and ending up in two totally different places. Most of us walk out because of our perspective shift. 
Somewhere we begin to look at the offense more than the promise. Somewhere we begin to look at the disappointment more than the promise. The disillusionment more than the promise. When we get our eyes off the promise, in one hand we're holding it. Here's the fruit, nevertheless. And then that, that nevertheless is really where they aborted their destiny. It goes on and it says, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And I'm sure God's thinking, so what? Remember right back here, he goes, you go up and have a look and have a look and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak. Look how ridiculous the answer is. The people who dwell in it are strong. And Moses is probably waiting for, and your point is? Because really, that's going to make all the difference to God. God's now running away going, I'm so scared. The people are strong. And then it goes on. And it says, um, where am I? Nevertheless, people are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaan, all the little lights are there. They're holding the promise. They're holding the grapes. So while they're holding the promise, they're talking about all this other stuff. That's what we're like. I went to church. It's awesome. People got saved. The worship's on. But nevertheless, and we're holding it here. Most of us ourselves are evidence in that we got saved. Look at the promise. Nevertheless, nevertheless, nevertheless. Teaching's not deep enough. Nevertheless, oh, it's all a bit too, oh yeah, I might have got saved. I'm the promise. I'm evidence of it. But nevertheless, and off we go. Start walking away from our destiny. Yeah, I know I married them and, and, and I did think at the time this was God's price. But nevertheless, he leaves the toilet seat up. And comparatively speaking, many people end up separated over that kind of stuff. And it's interesting to me how we get our eyes on the nevertheless and we get our eyes off the promise. And the minute you get your eyes off the promise, then you may as well just walk right out. Because most of us, you know what, experience the same view. We hear the same stuff, we, but we see different things because of where your perspective is shifted. And then right in this moment, because Caleb understands that, that doubt dies unborn if it's never spoken. So many of us, so many of our doubts and fears and insecurities, if we just never spoke them, they would die before they ever, we ever gave birth to them. And so a lot of us talk a lot more about the nevertheless stuff than the promised stuff, and that's why we feed it with fear and doubt and negativity. And it goes on here. And the Bible says in verse 30, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. The same God that took us out of Egypt, the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that has provided food manna from heaven, the same God that brought us out is the God that will take us in. We were never good enough to do it in our own strength. We were never talented enough to do it in our own strength. We were never gifted or connected or resourced enough to do it in our own strength. But what is important? possible with man is possible with God. We are well able. We are well able. We are well able because of who we are connected to. And I remember when we did A21 and I, I was flying over. I was in um, Frankfurt in Germany to go over to Thessaloniki in Greece. And I was in the lounge and my husband, Nick, called me. And he said, honey, you know, I know, I know you. And whenever he starts with, I know you, you're going to want to sit down. And um, I'm like, okay, what is this? And he said, well, they finished the whole report. Very thick document, extremely expensive, cost a lot of money. And I mean, it was, it was a, a phenomenal report. 
you know, consulting with the, e, the European Union, consulting with different governments, looking at different legislation. I'm very comprehensive report. And he said, well, Chris, they finished, and I was going over to get these results. And he said, basically, they, they have strongly recommended that we don't start in Eastern Europe, that we go to Southeast Asia and somewhere where there's a little bit more legislation and resource to help us do what we feel in our hearts to do. But they suggest, and I've got this written in a document, that we don't do it. And I said, why? And he began to read out why we shouldn't do it. And every reason they gave is the reason I gave them. It's like the, it, was, it was as ridiculous as that. The cities are strong and they're fortified and there's lots of people. And they're like, well, the church is embryonic and the, it's almost cost prohibitive. And the anti-trafficking authorities are corrupt. And the Russian and Albanian mafias. there. And I'm sitting there thinking, so? I knew that. I told you to go in. You're not telling me anything that I didn't know. And I remember standing up in the lounge in Frankfurt and me and the entire lounge in Frankfurt will remember this day because very inappropriately loudly, extremely loudly, I had my own little Caleb experience. I yelled into the phone. I said, you tell them that we are well able to take this land. And you know what, church? That was three years ago. By the grace of God, three years later, we've had over a thousand girls helped in the detention centers, over a hundred girls through the shelter. By God's grace, we've got traffickers in jail. We've got fines. CNN puts us on their homepage because what is impossible with man is possible with God. We've got all things. All things are possible. All things are possible. That was Christine Kane, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Christine Kane, 30 Days with Jesus, What Did God Follow? You can also find out more information at her website, which is christinecain.com. Hope you have a wonderful day today. And I also wanted to invite you to a Wednesday night meeting. Um, it's via Zoom. And you can find out more information about it at my Facebook page, Alicia Sharp 320 Life. It's a ministry page. And we're going to go live on Wednesday night via Zoom and Facebook Live talking about faith and fear. And I'm going to be the host. And I have a special guest, Robert Gilchrist. He's an amazing pastor. So please check it out on Facebook and join in with the Zoom link. It's going to be awesome. Hope you have a wonderful day. See you again tomorrow. God bless.